Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I am the super serious Matt Golden. And this week we'll be talking about Justice League. Yes, Alex, you are our resident comic expert. Tell me everything about Justice League. Well, we'll be talking about the movie that just came out this summer and not the history of the league. Oh, okay. Uh, in that case, I guess I can start summer. Too. Hold on. No, the movie that came out just now, this December. If it was Australia, then yeah, sure, this summer. Yes, this uh, November, Justice League just came yeah. out. Uh, we are recording this here right before Thanksgiving, and it's it's a beautiful, not sunny day, uh, which is perfect because everything in Justice League is so dark. It's so, so dark. Can I start off by telling you a, a fun uh, story about my movie-going experience? Yeah, of course. Okay, so right at the start of the movie, um, one of the very first scenes, Wonder Woman is protecting the world uh, from these bank robbers who are going to make some serious shit happen and throw some nuclear bombs at everybody. Uh, and then they resolve to just destroy everybody in the in the bank with a machine gun. Absolutely beautiful idea. Wonder Woman moves super fast and saves everybody. And from the row behind me, I hear this little girl go, wow, she's faster than the Flash. <laughs> and I just say very audibly, no. <laughs> so like if you see childhood innocence you just want to destroy if you see a young girl like looking up someone that she can idolize you're like no no not today honey let's get the semantics of it okay the flash is way faster than one woman okay let me show you all the proof i have yeah she's fast but not not flash fast so yeah i shit on a little girl's dreams on this past weekend and it was life-affirming that's good. I hope that that joy carries you through the holiday season. <laughs> it's It was the gift that I hope honestly keeps on giving to all of you. We should say right away, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. So if you have not seen the movie, don't listen to this episode. Well, I actually only watched the first 30 minutes of the movie, so uh, no spoilers here. So Matt should come to plug his ears after we get <laughs> yeah, past the first 30 exactly. minutes. Exactly. Let me go ahead and start off by saying, uh, spoiler alert, I liked the movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie, too. I was kind of surprised that it hasn't been... I'm not going to say, like, a critical darling or anything, but I'm kind of surprised that if you look at, like, Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's in the 40s, maybe... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's rotten, Yeah, according to those tomatoes. Which I know that's... It's a flawed scale. I mean, because it could be people rating it 10 out of 10, and then another handful of people rating it 5 out of 10, and it could be wrong. I'm not saying that's the case with this film, but Rotten Tomatoes is flawed. But, like, the way I look at it, I have a 40% chance to like this film. Hey, and I fell on that side of the <laughs> spectrum. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was getting a bunch of unnecessary shit, but I'd also heard, I had also heard quite a few good things about it. And I was very, very pleasantly surprised that DC managed to not screw up a film for the second consecutive film in a row. Good job, DC. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that might be the first time in the history of DC that they've made two consecutive movies that didn't suck. Although I also enjoyed Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, so uh, Alex, you ignorant slut. Now, do you think it's just the Marvel fanboys downvoting this shit? Do you think it's no? I'm I'm sure that's that's some of it. I'm sure there's also people out there that are just tired of superhero films in general. There's people that hate Ben Affleck and love to see him <laughs> fail. There's I mean, there's whoa, whole... whoa, whoa! There are people that hate Ben Affleck. Yeah, I know. It's it's the truest tragedy facing America today. <laughs> but it, it's all those reasons combined. It just makes for this 
wonderful little gumbo of hate. So there's people that are just going to go into it with a negative mindset and you can't do anything to change it. And I'm not saying that this film is perfect by any means. If people don't like it, that's fine too. But I think some people just go into it looking for reasons to dislike the film. Okay. Well, was Steppenwolf a good enough villain for you? No. Uh, (laughs) In fact, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. But why don't we start with the cast itself? I mean, we've already seen Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman, and obviously Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. What do you think of the newcomers? Uh, Ezra Miller was great. That's that's my <laughs> my thought on all three of the newcomers. Jason Momoa was all right, and then who played Cyborg? He did okay too. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher played Cyborg in the film. Yeah, I really enjoyed Ezra Miller. I was curious how that was going to come across. I watched the Flash series on CW. I really like Grant Gustin in that role. So in my mind, I'd already had someone cemented, like, this guy is the Flash. Like, why are they doing Barry Allen again? Why not just have Wally West? And there's, that far, there's no more conflict for myself and only me, maybe for a few others as well. But Miller really makes the role his own, and they can coexist happily with one another. Uh, Barry Allen is also a way cooler name than Wally West. Just putting that out there. No. Alliteration wins out every time. <laughs> Dwayne. Clark. Can't, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. There uh, we go. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Fuck. Good streak you had going there. <laughs> yeah, I got one out before I, I screwed it all up. Yeah, I thought Mo was really good, too. He wasn't the Aquaman that we've seen in a lot of comics. It kind of was a more unique take on the character than we've seen, although they did pull elements from various issues, especially Jeff Johns' run on Aquaman, too. You saw some elements of that. I would have liked story. Aquaman to have been a little bit more of like a stoner bro. He just kind of was a little more pensive than I expected Momoa to be. Not like he was like super brainy or anything, because obviously that is not what Jason Momoa's Aquaman is about. But I thought he was a little sadder than I had hoped for for this Aquaman to be. You also didn't get that kingly aspect from him, which I know at this time in the DC film universe, he's not currently on the throne of Atlantis. But And we'll probably see more of that. For his solo film, but you don't really get that presence that he was a ruler of an entire race of people. Nah, he's just like kind of rocking leather jackets with his shirt off. Like That's not very kingly to me. That's not my king. And I thought Ray Fisher did a good job as Cyborg, but he's probably my least favorite aspect. It was more, I just didn't enjoy their take on Cyborg at first because he was very dour, very depressed. I mean, and understandably so because he basically lost his entire body except for part of his face. And he was coping with being who he was, unable to process all his information. But the cyborg I like is the one that's more jovial, optimistic, and that did change some toward the end. They definitely gave him the least the least fun cyborg that, that has ever been created to go out and play. I don't think it's his fault at all. I think it was just kind of how they did it. It was just a little dour. Not bad, though. Not bad at all. No, in But fact, does not a standout It was character. interesting, too, as part of the criticism that people had for Batman versus Superman was that the film was very dark and dour and Batman had a lot more levity this time around than he did in that film. He was still very much Batman and very much took the problems facing the world for all they were worth, but he was able to crack jokes every now and then, which I mean, I think Ben Affleck has got a good comedic time, but it's a little awkward at times because I kind of like my Batman to be like that dark, ever serious presence and that, to me, is where the humor of Batman comes from. It's how people react to someone who's ever so serious. Yeah, let's talk for a minute about Fat Man. I mean, Ben Fatfleck. Ben Affleck is, is a little chubby in this movie. And that is not my Batman. He's a little older. 
which I have no problem with. You can definitely see his his age is all over him. He's definitely a very beatable Batman, I kind of felt like. Actually, what you made me remember one of my favorite things in the movie was when they mentioned Jim Gordon talking to, I can't remember the guy's name, it's the character who eventually becomes the Spectre in DC Comics, but they were talking about how Batman's been fighting crime in Gotham for 20 years. I like that in this universe, we finally have it dated. Like, he's not a new Batman. He's been doing this for two decades, which I think adds a lot to the character. Fills a little, like, plot holes and questions that people had to. He's ready to to lay down and die in this one. It Not like he's, like, rolling over and giving up, but, like, he's ready to give up his life for the greater good, which I think has kind of always been a, a common Batman thing. I think he he shows basically an ability to say... I'm okay if this is how I go out. Like, I think I've built something here. I think these people can help carry it out and really save, save things going forward. So I think that was kind of a, a different Batman than, than what we usually read. Like it, it's definitely portrayed, but it's, it's not the common Batman. Yeah. We've seen it before with Frank Miller, Scott and I did it some even to the much more extreme Batman beyond the cartoon series and the comic. Yeah. Batman as an old man with the cane. Although Affleck's, character or Affleck's Batman is not there yet. There have been takes on it, but it's not the notion that people have in their minds when they think Batman, which I kind of like that it's this older Batman. I think for this universe, it's needed not to have another. You have your young guys in the Flash and Cyborg, and you have your more experienced group with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. I think it's a nice balance so far. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the way that Batman has been portrayed in the Justice League. He's my absolute favorite and he kind of seems overwhelmingly like the weakest of the team. I mean, he's definitely got the strategy down pat as far as all that's concerned, but physically he seems to be the weakest. I mean, he's clearly the oldest. Yeah. It's one of those things to where when you have Batman playing around with essentially gods, you want him to have something or be this key component as to why they beat him. Like using his detective skills, using his mind, his intellect, which we don't really see. It is his strategy, his plan, but it doesn't seem like it's a grand plan at one point towards the climax of the film. <laughs> climax. Uh, Steppenwolf is encased in the city that they're in and a giant protective shield. And so they're going to blow up the shield. It's like, well, yeah, I don't think that was a really hard strategy to come up with. How do we get inside? Oh, let's break the thing. Stopping it from getting inside. <laughs> yep. Oh, look at all you guys uh, destroying all these evil monsters. Let me swing down and kick one of them. Oh, and it, it fell. I got lucky there. I definitely felt the tone of this film was lighter than Batman or Superman for sure. Oh, yeah. without a- And I don't want to credit that solely to Joss Whedon, but you do see some of the Joss Whedon touch if you've watched Firefly, Angel, Buffy, etc. Uh, do you think you that, that has anything to do with the fact that we're not constantly rolling our eyes at Jesse Eisenberg? Wonder Woman. Let's let's switch gears here. Let's talk about Wonder Woman for a second. Is she the focal point of this entire movie? I thought it was pretty balanced between the characters, but I think there's this natural inclination that you're like, this is my favorite character. I don't like this character as much. Please get them off the screen. Because <laughs> I feel like the character I love isn't uh, on screen as much. <laughs> Gal Gadot, I thought, was wonderful as she has been every time she's taken the role of Wonder Woman. She really embodies it. I don't, I don't see her as an actress. I'm not like... Oh, that's uh, Ben Affleck or whatever. Like, I, I, I see Wonder Woman up there. Yeah, and they did kind of fill in some nice questions that fans have had where they basically mentioned how she does go out and fight as Wonder Woman, but she just keeps it a secret. She keeps it not true that she hasn't necessarily, but she hasn't just been 
hiding from man from all the time. She's just been hiding the fact that it's her saving these people this entire time. And I, I honestly liked her more in this film than I did in the Wonder Woman origin film. That might be not everybody's same opinion, but <laughs> I know. Whatever. I liked her more in this one. One thing I liked, too, in the beginning of the film, we see, because Superman is dead, we see all these monuments to Superman all across the world, which I felt was very true to life for this universe. When someone of that magnitude dies, that there would be all these tributes everywhere, and there would be this weight on people's shoulders and this fear that they're vulnerable at any time. I thought that was a nice touch to really strike the importance of his death. The only thing we were missing was a Toby Keith tribute song, I thought. And then that would have really tied it together. I mean, it would have been a lot more believable. It was still pretty believable, though. DC should never hire Matt to score their films. <laughs> Look at that right now. Oh, speaking of the score, I really enjoyed Danny Elfman's score. And one of my favorite things he did was he used some of the theme from the 89 Batman movie by Tim Burton. Yeah. Whenever Batman was on screen, which he also did the score for, I thought that was a nice touch and calling back to fans. I really like that score from the 89 Batman film. This too. has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But anytime I hear... The name Danny Elfman, because I don't, I am very familiar with the name. I'm familiar with the music. I don't know what the man looks like. So anytime I hear Danny Elfman, I just picture a Danny DeVito with a full head of hair, like long flowing hair, just conducting music, and it's beautiful. So I, I hope that you guys will do that from now on as well. Or you can just go watch a music video for Oingo Boingo <laughs> and be surprised at how wrong that was. No, or don't is. do that. Whatever you're doing, don't do that. Just think of him. Like I do, in that childlike sense of wonder. Okay, but let's talk about what you brought up earlier, Steppenwolf. Oh. Tell me your thoughts on him. I really enjoyed the scene with him fighting the Amazons. I thought that one was really, really cool. That was really well done. That was one of my favorite scenes of the whole film. It's a really cool scene, too. And then I really enjoyed the flashback scene we had with the first battle for the Mother Cube with Steppenwolf. Because we saw that shit was dope. The Amazons fighting. We saw the gods. Like we saw Zeus. We saw Ares. We saw Atlanteans. But the coolest part, at least for me, was that we saw Green Lanterns joining the battle too. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Spoiler alert: We're gonna get some Green Lanterns at some point. Which that might be my biggest fanboy whine is that there was not a Green Lantern making an appearance at all ever, or not the Green Lantern as we know him. But we obviously have the Green Lantern corpse, which is cool. Yeah, well, I think you might whine some more because there's allegedly four DC films coming out before the Green Lantern film. What was it, like 2020 that they're talking about having it come out? Yeah, 2020, although I don't really trust DC film productions or Warner Brothers like the way I trust Marvel. Marvel has something on their schedule. I believe it's going to come out. DC's been a little hectic, so we'll see. I kind of hold my breath until I see a trailer. Like Aquaman's in post-production right now. I'm still waiting to see a trailer before I even believe it's real. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a long time. They clearly have not decided who they're going to cast as Green Lantern. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have put him in this film. This is their big standalone. So why not toss him in there if you don't know who it's going to be? But I wasn't a huge fan of Steppenwolf. I think this film kind of suffered from the same problem a lot of Marvel films do, is that it wasn't a great villain. And Steppenwolf himself wasn't super memorable. I don't know why they made him all CGI. I guess they wanted to have a big, imposing character, but a CGI villain, I don't think it's the greatest thing ever, unless you're making, like, Finding Dory, and then it makes sense. Yeah, make it something real. Yeah. Put some special effects into it, make it makeup, make it awesome. You can still make it badass, just not all CGI, please. And, Agreed. And the final scene, the Justice League 
is battling Steppenwolf and they're struggling. And then Superman shows up and just beats the tar out of him, which was kind of cool from like, people were like, okay, this is how powerful Superman is. But again, it makes for a very anticlimactic villain. Oh my God. Okay. This is another one of my big whines about the movie is how everybody else is just getting their shit handed to them. And then Superman comes in and just wipes the floor with this fucker. Like it's nothing. It was almost embarrassing. Like I almost felt like it was a slap in the face to every other hero there. Like Wonder Woman and Aquaman were holding their own. Batman was sort of not. And then he was helping Victor with the the mother cube. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your help. Let me be the, uh, the cybernetic person that can do all the cyber stuff. And I was fine. Like the flash had his moments, but he struggled in battle, which I thought they explained well. He was new to this. As he said, he had never actually fought anyone before. He just pushed people and quote unquote ran away. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I thought that was nice. And he was they pretty much someone who was timid, didn't like to cause harm. I thought for his lack of skills, it was perfectly explained away. I think one of my favorite moments of the film, and I guess we can kind of get into that because I don't have anything to say about Steppenwolf. And my mommy taught me, if I don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. So sorry, Steppenwolf. But Ezra Miller was the shining beacon of this film. Like he was the thing that brought the levity Throughout the movie, he was always cracking wise and making jokes. Even if he wasn't actually making jokes, there were jokes that were being made by the character. I think he just enjoyed the fact that he was watching Rick and Morty in his yeah. flash cave. You're goddamn right yeah. I did. That was fucking awesome. Uh, but I think one of my favorite moments of the whole film is once they bring Superman back to life. And Superman is easily handing, handling every hero out there. The Flash goes around to like get him from behind and... Nobody can see the flash. Nobody can see anything that he's doing. And Superman just stares him dead in the eye and looks around at him making, Oh my God. It's, it's chilling because Ezra Miller then just does this horrified look on his face. That's perfect. Yeah. He sells the fear really well. And it's a, it is a really cool moment. And you get the sense that, I mean, whenever they bring him back to life, you get the sense that obviously Aquaman, Wonder Woman and Batman are all holding back. Because they don't want to really hurt Clark. And if they hurt him, they realize, too, he's probably just going to get further into his destructive mind and cause even further damage. But that, that is a great moment. It's also a great moment in that scene, too, whenever Clark is holding Bruce in the air, like, by the throat and choking him. And then he goes, tell me, do you bleed? Which is a nice callback to Batman or Superman. And it was kind of, there was, they again tied up some more things from that film in this scene. In Batman vs. Superman, there was a scene where Bruce is dreaming or sleeping, and Barry comes from the future and he tells Batman that Lois is the key. You need to protect Lois. And so Batman uses Lois to bring Clark back to his humanity and to remind him who he is. Personally, I was hoping that was a nod to them doing the Injustice storyline sometime in the future, but it was still kind of a nice way to tie loose ends together. I think if we get Injustice, we're going to be fucking spoiled. That would be amazing. I don't see it happening. Uh, I think we're a, a long way away from that. Yeah. yeah. I think that this film actually makes Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice a better film. If you watch them back to back, I think it will certainly explain some things. Obviously, you'll see some callbacks and you'll kind of get some of Batman's nightmares and kind of see where he's coming from. I think it'll tie the Ben Affleck Batman together a little bit better if you're watching them back to back, which I definitely did not do. It's 
it makes Batman Superman the most important film in the DC Extended Universe canon by far. There's a few references to the Wonder Woman movie, mostly about Steve Trevor and what she's been doing. There's really no references to Suicide Squad at all. And there's a small reference that you would get from Man of Steel, which is basically just the picture of his dad, Kevin Costner. Which, can I just go ahead and say that Kevin Costner ruined Man of Steel single-handedly? I'm not reviewing that movie right now, but I'm just going to say the opinion, and I'll leave it there, that Kevin Costner ruined Batman or, or Superman Man of Steel single-handedly by himself. I mean, he did tell his son just not to save him, which was the most absurd thing, but we're, we're not going to talk about that <laughs> ever again, actually. Yep. Done. Done and done. I did enjoy, too. We talked a lot about the main cast. I enjoyed how they were able to get Billy Crudup playing Barry Allen's father for just a couple scenes in jail. We saw Amber Heard as Mira in her one scene with Aquaman and confronting Steppenwolf before that. So it was nice how we saw these people who are supposedly going to be larger DC set pieces come down for just a couple roles in the film. Yeah, so I'm assuming Amber Heard's already locked in for the Aquaman film. Yeah, she's been shooting it with James Wan, or I believe shooting is wrapped for the most part. Excellent. That is our resident comic expert, Alex Eschback, giving you some hot takes on some knowledge that you could already find on IMDb. Yeah, just some basic Googling, which anyone (laughs) can do. Excellent. I think this film actually has my favorite post-credit scene of any superhero film. I'm hoping you're not talking about the one with Jesse Eisenberg. I am most definitely talking about the one with Jesse Eisenberg. I loved... Lex Luthor is locked up in Arkham, which I thought was a nice touch because we see the guard's hat. It says Arkham. Yeah. Tell him on there. But he goes to get Lex Luthor. It's not Lex. It's just some other lunatic locked up in Arkham. And then it cuts to this yacht and we see this man get off this boat and approaching. And what do you know? It's Deathstroke. Slade Wilson himself. One of my favorite DC characters. The costume looked amazing. Costume did look great. He pulls off his helmet. And it's Joe Manganiello. They also bleached his hair white. So it has that older Slade look to it, which I really appreciated. And then Jesse Eisenberg mentioned something about forming their own league, which is fine for the future. I think DC needs to um, basically wrap up the dark side storyline, I think, before going into that territory. But I just love seeing Deathstroke on camera. The, like, the only better way it could have been for me is if it just cut all that and then it just cut to... Uh, Star City and Oliver Queen was on a rooftop and a camera pans and it's Matt Damon as the Green Arrow. But that's a whole nother fantasy. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're living in a dream world there. Yeah. But that, that would have actually been really cool. Yeah, in a world where we don't have any Green Lantern jet in the Justice League, I don't think we're going to get Green Arrow anytime <laughs> soon. Come on, guys, let me into the league. No, that would be great. Can I just watch that for like just <laughs> Matt Damon trying to get into the league for... You know, two and a half hours. There's actually this great Justice League comic about Green Arrow trying to get into the Justice League in the New 52. Yeah, yeah. the Jeff Johns one. I actually yeah. just read that one not so yeah. long ago. Yeah. It's actually pretty damn funny. Yeah. But the other in credit scene was just kind of a, a little filler, just a little, here's a little laugh for you. Yeah, it's fun. There's always been that argument about who's faster, the Flash, Superman. So in the end, we they see the race. where We don't see the end result in the comics. I don't think you ever see the end result either. I know who wins. It's always left up to the reader or the viewer's imagination. Incorrect. The winner is most definitely not Wonder Woman. Well, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just to shit on that little girl one more time. 
Wonder Woman is not faster than either of them. Well, <laughs> this has been Dream Crushers, the podcast. <laughs> yep. I don't have anything else to say about this film except fuck that little girl in the movie theater. You can like Wonder Woman, though. She's cool. She's not fast, though. Yeah. When I, at the end of the film, I saw it with my brother, and we were talking about how it didn't do anything to make us not want the DC film. Like, after I saw that, I wanted to see the next Justice League film. I wanted to know what this universe has in store for the future. It did sprinkle a nice, a bunch of seeds. There's actually a ton of Easter eggs all throughout this film. And hopefully that gets incorporated into some of the solo films and later Justice League. Yeah. Films. Quick question. Uh, this next Aquaman, I'm assuming it happens after the Justice League. If we're writing that assumption, that means there's going to be one or two appearances by a Justice League member, just in theory. Maybe. I don't know if Batman can breathe underwater. So, <laughs> I we'll mean, he's, I hope the whole thing's not underwater because the way that they had this underwater fight scene with Steppenwolf was not anything that I would want to watch for two and a half hours. I actually, I enjoyed it because it's something we don't see in films. We don't see people fighting like with their fist underwater. So it was cool to see that and kind of get a hint of what Aquaman might be. Obviously, it's a different director. It's James Wan and not Whedon or Zack Snyder doing Aquaman. So there'll be some changes, I'm sure. But it was kind of cool. But I agree with you. I don't want to see that for the entire time. But there needs to be some battles in the ocean because he's Aquaman. silence, man. There was like no sound to anything. Can they just make a, a silent film? A silent Aquaman film? Yeah, they did. Make it black and white. Who gives a shit? They did have Mira cast a spell that pushed the water away so Aquaman and Mira could talk. Which I thought was... I mean, I guess that's how they're going to do it in the film. Have these areas where there's no water. They could just use telekinesis, but that or not telepathy, but that'd probably look awkward too. If people were just not moving their lips the entire time. All I hope for that film is that they have a badass villain. Give us some black Manta, please. Something cool. Yeah, we'll see. In the DC canon, we have Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Green Lantern coming up and that order. So we're still a ways to go. We haven't even announced when the next Justice League film is. There's been rumors about the solo Batman film. We don't even know what's going on with that. So and the solo Batman trilogy, supposedly. We'll see if any of that actually happens. Yeah, I don't think it happens with Ben Affleck. And I think that's one thing that I appreciate about the Marvel films more than the DC films. Obviously, they have their shit together more. But you know, like when you see a Marvel movie, here's a trailer for the next one coming out yeah. six months later with a teaser for it. They, th- everything has run so much more smoothly. Well, they had the six part, right? It just wasn't six months. It was six years down the line. We'll have that next justice league film. Yeah. They just need to streamline their development and try and have basically they just need to copy Disney and Marvel's development plan. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, 2023 is going to be justice league two. <laughs> we'll probably all actors recast by that point. <laughs> yep. Every last one of them. All right. Well, I think that's it for me today. Yeah, I have anything else to say. As always, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You can find us all over the internet. Please uh, download. Please subscribe, however you're subscribing. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on all those stuff. Give us a follow. We post very unfunny things, so make sure that you just follow us, but scroll past us when you see it. Uh, you can review us too on iTunes wherever you subscribe to your podcast. You can also email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Yeah, send us uh, send us your thoughts. If you want us to talk about anything, we'll talk about it. Or just yell at us for what we got wrong. 
Yeah, just tell us how bad I am and how pretty I am. Any of those things I'm cool with. But for this week's Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm Ezra Miller, a.k.a. Matt Goldman. Henchin ain't easy. <laughs>